Well, hello again and welcome to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures podcast. I'm Tom. As always, I'm with my wonderful, intelligent, <laughs> gorgeous, very hardworking Disney in the 2000s loving wife and co-host yeah. Michelle. Well, thank you, honey. Hi, everybody. So good to have you with us. We are recording this episode on Saturday, July 22nd, 2023, and the episode is being released on Sunday, July 23rd, 2023. We appreciate that you joined us today. In the future, you can find us most everywhere you get podcasts. However, the very best place to find us is on our own website, HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com. Also, we are on social media. We're on Twitter at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, and threads at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. If you are on Facebook, come on over and join us for some good, positive Disney energy fun on our Hyperion Adventurers Facebook group. Yeah, we love that group, sharing and the fun together. So please tell a friend, join us. Yeah, come on in for the fun. You know, even if you just want to look in on all the fun and don't necessarily want to take part, it's just a great place to kind of share our adventures yes it could be disney or it could be just whatever you got yeah. going on personally right. we just all want to hear about it and celebrate it right there on that facebook group also we are on youtube if you want to find us there we're at hyperion adventures podcast and if you want to contact us for any reason please hit us up at our gmail account hyperion adventures podcast at gmail.com sure we'd love to hear from you whether it's just to say hi or for any other reason yeah if you have a question for us want to suggest a topic like michelle said if you just want to say hi we appreciate you reaching out to us through any of these avenues that i just went through now before we get into this week's show you know we always like to take a look back at the week that was because there's highs there's lows there's ups there's downs but we are the disney podcast of positivity we focus on the positive here we are your oasis of Disney positivity <laughs> and we're also your oasis for the favorite things from the week that was the positive moments from the week that was and when we're talking about an oasis well we can't have an oasis without Michelle because she's wonderful awesome all things great in the world <laughs> you know she does the best really? research you're about to hear that she definitely has the best lists one thing for sure. Also, she has the very best, my favorite thing from this week. So, Michelle, what was your favorite thing from this week? Well, honey, well, thank you for that big buildup. I don't know if it's going to meet that criteria, but let's try. Um, I guess my favorite thing of this week was uh, I, we got to tour a new um, work training program for mm. our son. And I think it's going to be a really good fit for him and provide him some great opportunities and he was accepted and starting next week. Yeah, um, it sounds like I did not get to go on that tour, but it did sound like it was a, a great place for him and uh, looking forward to see what comes of that big right. things for him for yeah. sure so that's yeah, cool so yeah. i'm happy about that what about you uh my favorite thing from this week it was a pretty light week this week not a lot going on i think my favorite thing from this week was just hanging out and having a couple of days off mm -hmm. and hanging out that was fun. having a good time watching some television eating some snacks some having a glass of movies. wine or two yeah watching some movies just kind of enjoying a couple of days with my sweetheart thank you baby i almost said the same thing that's so funny but Anyways. Yeah, it was fun. It was like I said, it was a light week, nothing fantastical, but still 
positives, and those were the positive yeah. things from this week. Exactly. Well, we did also get a My Favorite Thing from this week from one of our mm-hmm. listeners. This one came from Jacqueline. She said, my favorite thing this week is that it was my birthday week and all month I've been asking the community to donate to an organization tackling food insecurity called Feed the Fridge. I have been absolutely filled with glee at how generous people have been with their donations, especially for my actual birthday. These are my kind of Disney adults. Happy birthday, first of all, yes, Jacqueline. Definitely. And that's awesome that you've raised up so much money for such a wonderful cause. Yeah, that's really, you know, it's always inspiring to hear about somebody doing something uh, that's giving back to the community. Uh, what better way than to incorporate your own celebrations for that? But that's very generous and kind of her. For, for sure. sure. Uh, she says she's matching donations to Feed the Fridge through the end of July. And if anyone wants to donate or learn more, please don't hesitate to get in contact with me, she says. Best Jacqueline. Uh, if you want to find her, she's on, I know she's on Twitter mm-hmm. and on Instagram. And she's at Pixie Dust PhD. If you want to find her and look up Uh, any ways you can contribute to that. Or if you just want to wish her a happy birthday, I'm sure she'd be happy with that as well. Exactly. And she had a nice little note for us that uh, just was just for us. Yeah, very, very kind. Very, she's also very very generous with compliments. Yes, for sure. For sure. Uh, Thank you for listening, Jacqueline. Really appreciate it. So on to this week's show. I've got lots of stuff for you this week. Well, a little bit of stuff for you this week. (laughs) It was kind of a really mellow week this week, but we did find out some of the ways you'll be able to celebrate 100 years of the Walt Disney Company at Epcot later this year. We'll go through all of that. But that's later. Let's go ahead and get to our main topic of the week. Well, I don't know about you, but I am really, really enjoying this series, our Disney at 100 series, mostly because Michelle does such a fantastic job of doing research into some of these topics as we look back at the history, the 100 years of the Walt Disney Company. Michelle, so I think we alluded to it earlier, but what are we talking about today? Okay, so we are going to talk about the decade that started with the new millennium. 2000 and a lot of things that were happening there a lot of interesting stuff happened in the the aughts the uh, yes. 2000s the early part of this millennium as you said and i can't wait to find out uh, all the stuff and <laughs> maybe reminisce about some of this craziness that went on within the walt disney company yeah. during that decade so go ahead take it away michelle maybe so well thank you honey for that introduction um actually yeah the decade was filled with actually controversies and major leadership changes, like two different changes in the chairman of the board, um, both associated with some hullabaloo. (laughs) Hullabaloo, that's a good word. I love hullabaloo. I really wanted to make sure to use hullabaloo. Um, You know, but actually that was something I I read in one of the news media descriptions of some of the things the that news were hullabaloo they were talking about the company's hullabaloo um but there was also a change in ceo and an extremely scandalous miniseries about 9-11 i know but we're the podcast of positivity and there are tons of great things that happened that i thought would be 
probably better to delve into okay. and discuss. <laughs> All right. So we're not going to get completely into the scandal, right? No. I, I, when I first was starting to draft this, I thought, hmm, this is good stuff. <laughs> but um, I don't know if people really want to hear about things of the past that were just... And if you do, Not good. We'll, here's a tease. You can go find it somewhere out yes, there on the yes. internet. So. And we did talk about some little things uh, from time to time in some of our prior episodes. So uh, no need to do that. We want to bring go. joy. So let's talk joy. That's right. So, so to begin with, um, there were a lot of great firsts. And that's what we're going to talk about to begin with. We're going to talk about first. Then we're going to talk about some of the miles. Seconds. Thank you, honey. No. (laughs) I know. I said to begin with twice. I felt, oh, that sounded weird. Start over? No. Um, Then we're going to move into some of the milestone celebrations, and we'll wrap it all up with some of the key acquisitions that were, as I put it, seeds for the company's growth. Very good. Can't wait to hear all about it. Yeah. Let's see. Let's see how this goes. It's going to go great. It might be one of those things in my head sounded good, but once I'm actually saying it, uh, well. See, I was going to take you into the what, what goes on <laughs> in our planning for this podcast. When I know that her research piece is going to be fantastic <laughs> is when she comes to me like the day before or two days before and is like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to get out of this. I'm going to bore everybody. That's when I know. No, it's going to be the exact opposite. It's going to be fascinating, interesting, phenomenal. Because that's the way she, she gets so concerned with it. And she does such a great job doing this research that, you know, when as soon as she comes up to me, I'm like, oh, this is going to be a fantastic episode. So, no. Sorry. Let's, help, need to divert let's us. hope you're let's right. Get because back I'm not to quite, I'm still not quite sure. See, I was even you, changing this. this. I'm telling you. I was changing the direction. Um, well, I was going to say as of 1030 last night or 1130 last night, but actually this morning I did a bunch more editing. So let's see, let's see if it all came together smoothly or not. But, um, so let's talk about the kickoff new year's day of the new millennium. Uh We all remember back, you know, when we were all worried about a party like it's 1999 (laughs) Y2K and all that stuff. Yes. But, um, but the kickoff was actually, uh, the Rose Bowl parade where they also were um, introducing Fantasia 2000 that the company That's was right, putting yeah. out there. But so, but some, a few fun little interesting things about this. Um, the, the actual theme was Celebration 2000, Visions of the Future. And Roy E. Disney was the Grand Marshal. Mm. But here's your fun fact. That's the nephew of Roy. Right? That's right. Or the nephew of Walt, I should say. Nephew Roy's of Walt. Son, yeah. Roy, yeah, Roy O's son. Right. So, But Walt Disney and Roy Disney are the only people from the same family to ever share the honor of being named Grand Marshal of the Tournament of Roses Parade. Mm, that's pretty cool. Yeah. But not only are they the only notable family figures from the company to serve as Grand Marshal, because in this decade, a few years later, Mickey Mouse was named oh, Grand Marshal. Very good. Yeah. Deservedly so. Uh, that's right. That's what I said. It makes sense because uh, it was for the January 1st of uh, 2005, and that's when the theme of the parade was Celebrate Family. Mm. So kind of makes sense. And it was also the year of Disneyland's 50th anniversary celebration. And they included a float inspired by Sleeping Beauty Castle, which 
was the same theme float in 1955 when Walt was introducing in the parade a float of Sleeping Beauty's castle for the opening of Disneyland. Wow. I know. That's great. But you know what the Grand Marshal does later on? Tosses the coin. That's right. The Rose Bowl. I thought I was going to have to give you a hint, but no. you figured it out. So pretty impressive for a guy with just four fingers. <laughs> and four brain cells. <laughs> no, I meant Mickey Mouse. Oh. Four fingers. I thought you were talking about me for sure. You gave yourself way too many brain cells there. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Maybe too many fingers too. I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Um, but personally, and when we're talking about uh, Disney floats in the Rose Parade, the most impressive looking one I thought that the company put out was in 2004, which was really long and really, really tall. It was a replica of some of the highlights from Disney California Adventure Park. Mm. In fact, the float was the tallest in Rose Parade history at that time. And it, it was the Tower of Terror, included mm-hmm. the Tower of Terror. And the actual attraction was only 80 feet taller than this float. That's crazy. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I mean, 80 feet is, I mean, that's a lot, but it's not like it's that much. I not, know. Not I as know. much as you would think. Right, know, right. From the actual yeah. building. Yeah. So um, the float was fully animated with a rotating sun wheel, a shaking elevator car, complete with screaming stunt people and pyrotechnics. And it was the at that time, only the second float to ever feature fireworks. Mm. So, um, you know, as I mentioned, Fantasia 2000, you know, recreation, actually very different of the original movie that Walt had had uh, produced and premiered. But this one uh, was, was newer, uh, and it was Roy who was the executive producer. Yeah, very cool. So, Roy E. Roy E. That's right. Thank you. Now, as I mentioned, there were some other firsts going on in this decade. And starting early on in 2001, Disney California Adventure Park and Tokyo Disney Sea opened up. And that was the first time ever in this company that two parks opened in the same year. Oof, that, that was a lot of work. I know, I know. And that's not all. In the middle of the decade, so just about four years later, Walt Disney Studios Park at Disneyland Paris opened and shortly after that, Hong Kong Disneyland. Wow, that's a lot in a, a short amount of time. Right? A lot of great parks opening up in that decade for sure. Yeah. All right. So now, as I mentioned at the beginning, it was an important decade for Disney Company when it came to films. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are way too many to talk about here. So I thought it'd be best just to focus on some key films that had some huge successes. And to start this conversation off, let's look first at Finding Nemo that came out in May of 2003. It turned out to be Disney's highest grossing animated film at that point in history. Now, just a couple months later, Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl came out and it became Disney's highest grossing live action film to date. A couple of great films there. Yeah. But that's not all. The Pirates film had another success in that same decade with Dead Man's Chest that debuted, and it was one of only three as of that date to ever reach a billion dollars. Now, Titanic and Lord of the Rings Return of the King also met that milestone, but Pirates achieved that success 
in a shorter amount of time than the other two. That's pretty cool. And uh, yeah, what a franchise. And who would have thought that a franchise that was made out of an attraction could be so big. (laughs) Now we're hoping good things for the Haunted Mansion movie that comes out uh, this week as well. Yeah, because we know the first Haunted Mansion wasn't as successful as (laughs) Pirates. Let's just say it's a cult classic. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But anyways, um, one of the other firsts about this is that Disney Company became the first studios in history to pass $3 billion in global box office. Wow. Yeah. It's a big number. It is a big number. Now, we know the films are great, and they definitely contributed to the bottom line. And obviously, I only talked about a few uh, because there were a lot of other good ones that came out during that decade. Mm-hmm. Like you know, Lilo and Stitch, right? for one. I mean, Monsters, Inc., which was a movie that's close to our hearts. Yeah. And, uh, you could just go on and on. Some other yeah, live action some live actions. Remember the Titans came yeah. out then? Yeah. 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 Great stuff. You know, amazing decade. But there was something special that debuted on TV during that decade. Now, unfortunately, we were a bit late to join in the followers to this amazing animated series. Now, do you know what I'm talking about, honey? Let's see. Does it feature a guy with a triangle for a head and a platypus <laughs> secret agent by any chance? Exactly. That's right. Phineas and Ferb began airing in 2008 on the Disney Channel. So pretty impressive. Like yeah. I said, you know, in trying to keep things concise with this, there's a lot more we could say about films and TV and how it was huge successes for the Disney company, but thought we better move on to the next component that we're going to focus on. And that is some celebrations. Now, uh, this first decade of the new millennium, actually Disney offered multiple, dare I say a lot of celebrations, um, that, that took place all over the world. Yeah, including one that we were witness to. I think this was our first ever trip to Disneyland Paris. We got to celebrate the Candlebration, which was the <laughs> 15th anniversary of uh, what was before Euro Disney, then became Disneyland Paris. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. So um, that one took place. And like you said, it was near and dear to our hearts. Um, but there were several others that were, were pretty big. Uh, again, not going to go into all of them, but just to mention some of them was um, Millennium Celebration at Epcot. Now, that one we really kind of touched on in our previous episode of Disney at 100 when we talked about the parades and things. So I'm not going to go into more with that. But there was also the 100 Years of Magic, which is not to be confused with the current 100 Years of Wonder. Um, back then they were celebrating the hundredth anniversary of Walt's birthday. Ah, yeah. Uh, Another celebration they had was Mickey Mouse 75th birthday. Mm. Disneyland. So young back then. I know. Spry. (laughs) Uh, Disneyland had its 50th anniversary with the happiest celebration on earth. Uh, then there was the year of a million dreams and the, what will you celebrate Mm. celebration? Cool. So again, I'm not going to go into it's all just of one them. big party all decade long. Yes, yes, and and for the most part, like they do now, they they were 18 months in duration. Of course, not all of them, but most of them were. So, the year of whatever is always yeah. a year and a half at least <laughs> of whatever. And plus, like if they're doing a kickoff and they start something at the beginning of the year, it's almost two years. But right. anyways, we digress. Um, so let's just focus on a few of them. 
hopefully they'll bring some nice little nostalgic moments for people because you know this might have been a decade that could have been a first for a lot of people at ever going to a disney park or something that was very monumental to them and their family so i wanted to start with going back to that year a hundred years of magic uh, celebrating what would have been walt's 100th birthday Now, the company rolled out a lot of new things and guest experiences like they do with all of their celebrations. Um, But one of the things that I thought was intriguing about this one and made it a little bit different is is how their celebration was focused also on giving back and giving back to communities. Uh, So they they actually outlined what their plans were in a press release at the time. And they said they would they were committed to helping over 100,000 children in need. And their various divisions would actually participate in more than 100 volunteer projects in dozens of countries around the world. Wow. Yeah. Um, and some of these, they were large and small, but some of these efforts included things like uh, rehabilitation of Children's Center, clothes, clothing drives, gardening and beautification projects at schools, fundraisers for children's organizations, uh, restoring children's playground, like they did one outside of Chicago, uh, working at a food bank in uh, Baton Rouge, um, and then obviously a lot more involvement with some of their activities and contributions with the Make-A-Wish Foundation. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah. Like giving back, yeah. Right. So, it, you know, kind of nice that for something recognizing Walt, what their actions were related to giving back to the community. For sure. Yeah. But there was one really unique thing that happened as part of the celebration, and it took place in Disney MGM Studios, which was the name at the time. Any guesses? Uh, No, I don't. I'm pretty sure that Frank from Theme Park Thursday podcast would actually be able to answer this trivia you question. You mean from Dillo's Diz? Yes. Frank Cardillo? Frank Cardillo, because I heard Hashtag him talking about always it. MGM? <laughs> yes, on one of their episodes. He talked about the installation of the gigantic Mickey Sorcerer Cap in the Chinese Theater Plaza. Oh, I don't think he has a good feeling about that. <laughs> Frank does. Uh, I know exactly how he feels about that. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but anyways, it was something, a milestone that took place during that celebration. That hat is, it, it's interesting because it's really one of those things that it, it's split down the middle. Some people absolutely love the hat. Others, eh, not right. so much. <laughs> not so much. Exactly. Uh, Now, as I mentioned, there was a celebration for Mickey Mouse's 75th birthday in 2003. And all I'm really going to say about this one is that it included revealing 75 Mickey statues at Walt Disney World. Wow, that's a lot of statues. It is. I love a statue. I know you do. (laughs) I know you do. They are fun. Next up in 2005, so just a couple years later, uh, was Disneyland's 50th anniversary uh, with what they called the happiest celebration on earth campaign. Again, big celebrations with lots of exciting things happening and rolling out. Um, and it included Neil Armstrong rededicating the all new space mountain. Oh, that's pretty cool. Man, a real space man. A real space real man. Dedicating, dedicating space mountain. Space mountain. Nice. That was after, uh, over at Disneyland, after they upgraded the rockets and audio system there. And as we know, that's the spe- 
best space mountain in the U.S. Mm, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Definitely is. <laughs> One of the other uh, unique elements of this campaign was it was the first time that all 11 Disney theme parks around the world joined together for a global celebration. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. That's, that's pretty cool that they got together and did that now. Right, right. Expanding it more than just like the one park that was mm-hmm. actually having that celebration. This meant there were new and reimagined attractions and entertainment popping up everywhere around the globe. Uh, some examples are at Walt Disney World, Expedition Everest was added to Disney's Animal Kingdom Park. Wow. I have a little maybe fun fact. Did you know? No, I did not know. <laughs> You're just going to say, I don't say. know. <laughs> Well, in their quest to bring authenticity to this new attraction, the Imagineers partnered with Discovery Networks and Conservation International for a scientific expedition to the Himalayas for firsthand exploration of the legend of that mysterious Yeti. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, who wouldn't want to go in search of the Yeti? (laughs) I know, right? I do wish I could have been on that team, though. No kidding. Also at Walt Disney World at the Magic Kingdom, guests were able to enjoy Cinderella Bration. Oh, now that sounds like something for me. I know, right? How, how did we not know about this That's one? That's true. <laughs> um, so it was a musical show to have right there on stage at Cinderella's Castle. It, it originated in Tokyo, Disneyland, uh, but they brought it back and made a few updates and everything to for part of the celebration. As I mentioned, it was performed beneath the glittering spires of Cinderella's Castle that happened to be a door for the anniversary with swirling overlay of golden decorations. Mm. Um, this live show enacted the coronation of Cinderella. Oh, cool. Yeah, so it was a royal event attended by a, a coterie of Disney's most beloved princesses. And I didn't get an invitation? I, how is that I'm, possible? I thought I was an honorary Disney princess. It must have gotten lost in the mail. That must be it. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know how we missed it. Uh, if any of you actually got to experience that show, we'd love to know your thoughts yeah, about it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm really sorry I missed it. That's how I like, oh, I'm right up my alley. <laughs> Now, um, in Hong Kong Disneyland, they opened the their first Autopia, and it happened to be the first Autopia with electric-powered vehicles and an onboard audio system. Wow. I wish they would do that with the Tomorrowland Speedway and the right? Autopia in Disneyland because, I mean, look, this... That attraction, it would be so much better without the noise and right. the smell from those gas engines. Yeah, yeah. Why All don't we have electric cars? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it'll come. But Hope so. Yeah. At some point. Come on, Disney. <laughs> uh, now, during the celebration, Disney Cruise Line also made a change in the fact that they made their way over to the West Coast. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not mistaken, honey, that was your first opportunity to go on a Disney cruise. That's right. They were sailing out of Los Angeles in 2006, the first time they were on the West Coast. And uh, I sailed with my sweetheart here mm. on the Disney Magic for Aww. my first ever Disney cruise. The Thank first of you. many, many, many. Yes. Uh, now, there is another fun fact about something very unique that happened to kick off uh, with this particular celebration, and it happened at the beginning of 2005. Now, you all probably know about the 
um, what are you going to do next format for commercials with the Super Bowl? Mm-hmm. Oh, now, this time they used that same format, but it was with the 2005 Orange Bowl National Championship game. Mm, cool. So when the question for the commercial is asked, what are you going to do next? Get this. All 72,000 ticket holders at the game shouted, I'm going to Disneyland. <laughs> And that's because each of them received a free ticket to any Disney theme park in the world. Yeah. Interesting that they would say going to Disneyland and not Disney World, being as the Orange Bowl was in <laughs> Florida. I guess. Although, um, maybe it's just because most of the parks are called Disneyland. Yeah, I guess that, I, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, I guess. I'm, I'm just uh, making that as a perhaps. But <laughs> anyways, it was the largest Disney theme park ticket giveaway ever. So, wow. That's yeah. pretty cool. Pretty cool. I know. I know. And, you know, we've gone to national championship games. Yeah. Well. At least once. At least once. Yeah. And, well, I've gone to a couple. Yeah. But, yeah, at least once. Not and that one. The, that one was at the Rose Bowl, the one we went to, yeah. not the Orange Bowl. Yeah. No. But, anyways. But Miami, University of Miami was in the playing in the national championship. And they won the national championship yeah. that year. Yes. So, um, all right, let's move on to another celebration campaign. And that was a year of a million dreams. And uh, this one was kept a little bit closer to home. It was focused at Disneyland and Walt Disney World. uh, And it started on October 1st, 2006. The theme being a celebration of individuals' dreams as going to the Disney parks. Mm -hmm. So now it was another first for its time. This time they allowed Disney cast members to award a million dreams, both large and small throughout the year. Now there was some really incredible things. Um, One of them was labeled the money can't buy experience that people were really hoping to get. And that was for what they called a very special dream day. Now, each day uh, through a random process, a lucky guest on each coast was selected to be part of the Disney Dream giveaway promotion. Hmm. Now, when they were selected that day, they were able to spend the night at an amazing location for the evening. Hmm. For Walt Disney World, it was a night in the lavishly decorated Cinderella's royal bedchamber inside of Cinderella's castle and you know not only was that pretty cool to be there but they got to stay overnight inside the park and they saw things that only Tinkerbell could see. (laughs) That's true. Talk about something that we'll we'll never accomplish but uh, you know definitely a bucket list item is the sleep in that Cinderella castle overnight. Uh, That's amazing. Still a money can't buy from what I've for heard. For sure, for sure. Can't buy experience, but anyways, maybe someday. Uh, just mm. a little little fact about that space. It, it was originally thought to be planned as an in-park apartment for the use by the Tisney family. However, that idea was disbanded, and instead it was used for office space for call center agents. Yeah. So... So maybe if you were calling the call center agents at some point during that period, you were actually speaking to them within Cinderella Castle. (laughs) Not Uh, bad. Right, right. Yeah, I'm sure they probably were were a bit disappointed to have to move out of 
that space. Yeah. I mean, who wouldn't want to go to work in Cinderella's castle yeah, every that's day? Quite but, an office downgrade, yeah, I would say, to yes. wherever they ended up next. <laughs> but anyways, I'm sure they were happy that it ended up becoming something of a special place for other people to enjoy throughout the years. For sure. Now at Disneyland, not to be outdone, um, guests that were picked in this process were allowed to stay overnight for an evening at the Mickey Mouse Penthouse. It was a newly renovated room at the Disneyland Hotel. So this room um, was filled with Mickey charm and finishing touches by none other than Minnie Mouse herself. Ah, (laughs) Uh, And it included spectacular views as well that overlooked both Disneyland Park and Disney's California Adventure Park. Oh, that's pretty nice. Yeah. Now, I've seen posted online a lot of different lists of what these dream gifts included, um, but I could, really couldn't confirm their authenticity. And you know me, I, I don't want to give out information that I don't think is accurate. Right. So, um, But this one, which was the biggest, the grandest prize of all, uh, was included in a press release by the Disney company. So I know it's real. Uh, it was called a Grand Marshal Tour trip to Disney parks around the globe. Ooh. That's right. It included, for the winner and up to three guests, airfare, hotel stay, food allowances, and park tickets to each of the parks around the world. Wow. Yeah. Now that's some big prize. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Talk about somebody getting lucky. Yeah. I was <laughs> very jealous whoever got that. And that's awesome. <laughs> Now, admittedly, most of the prizes were were smaller, but still fun. Still over a million. Um, (laughs) Things that were given out were like golden fast passes. So a special fast pass that would allow you entry into any of the attractions that had fast pass lanes. Right. Or lightning lanes, as we now know it. (laughs) Um, Some private character greetings were given out. Gift certificates, uh, special Mickey Mouse ears, you know, things like that. From my own personal experience um, and encounter, Scott was actually given a year of a million dreams pin, which I'm showing to Tom now as a reminder. Yeah, look, it's got uh, Goofy and Donald on the front. There's a uh, year of a million dreams right there in the middle. That's, yeah. that's, that's an awesome pin. It is an awesome pin. Um, but this pixie dust was actually given to us by another guest. Uh, And I did read up that some guests were actually awarded two pins for the purpose of one to keep and one to give. Pay it forward. Yeah. Yeah, And letting guests be able to help participate in giving pixie dust. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. So you might wonder, how did they determine the winners? And there actually was what was called a dream squad of people who would go around with specific random instructions on how to give out these awards. That way... It would help so that guests wouldn't like if they saw somebody walking around with their dream squad uniform, ca- you stock know, them, stock them, you know, and it would also prevent the cast members from just giving things away to their friends. <laughs> but I don't think that was going to happen anyway. So, but for example, some of the prizes uh, were to be awarded that were to be awarded were they were given things like when people arrived to a certain place at a certain time, like Mickey ears would be given to everyone who entered a certain building during a specific time or, mm. or a ride, mm, you know, okay. something like that. Now for the bigger awards, there were very detailed instructions, like a specific 
attraction at a specific time, even saying the vehicle and seat number. Uh, so that, again, it was more of a random right, selection. Right, as opposed to like somebody picking somebody, well, you know, they look good. You know, right, you know, exactly. A little bit more fair. Exactly. Now, they did have some freedom to give some things away um, that were not designated as part of the random draw or whatever. Um, and what I've read different cast members who were doing it then said they actually had more fun giving those to people who were just having a good time or just in the parks, not trying to, you know, recover from people who are disgruntled. That so, makes sense. I yeah. mean, you know, uh, you want it to give it people that are really enjoying themselves, right. and not people that are just yeah, because grumpy. Right. Cause you're trying to enhance a dream vacation for them. And you know, if you're giving it to people who are disgruntled one, they may not appreciate it that much anyways. And you know, that they may just, not really change the, the, the mood of the person right. with this. And so. also doesn't encourage bad behavior. For That's that a matter. good point yeah. too. Now, another thing that was going on with this at the parks was for people who couldn't go to the parks, they could actually enter a sweepstakes, a sweepstakes that was open to residents of the United States, Canada, and the UK. Now here's a, f and so they had random drawings too. Now here's a fun fact, or is it? I don't know. Um, and it's a, and it's a thing I thought maybe we should check with our friend and Canadian expert Charles. He doesn't know. <laughs> you never know. He might. But in the sweepstakes description, it said. For the sweepstakes portion of prizes, residents of Canada would be required to correctly answer a mathematical skill testing question to win any prize. Now, I did some research on that, and that does seem to be an issue, uh, not an issue, but that does seem to be a requirement for contests involving Canadians. So what so, they needed to figure out, like, how many moose fit into a Tim Hortons or something? <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> I don't know. I just read that there was a mathematical question. They couldn't have help. They couldn't use a calculator. You know, something like you had to answer correctly in five minutes or something like that. I didn't look at what questions they asked, but I just thought that was pretty interesting. Mm. So. I, I, that is fascinating. That you, I mean, <laughs> what if you're not very good at math? Like, I know. Be, you don't win because you're not good at math. That's yeah, not, that I right. know. It seemed like there was some law regarding like <laughs> to, to avoid like gambling or, gotcha. or whatever. But anyways, we digress again. So let's move on then to the next celebration. And that campaign was called, What Will You Celebrate? Now, as with all the Disney celebrations, they, as I said, they use this as an opportunity to, you know, promote new or reimagined attractions that were added to the park or new entertainment, maybe even new films or whatever. But this one also had some other drivers to what their approach was. And it revolved around a survey that was done that revealed that vacationers were increasingly motivated by personal events or highlights within their life. Things like anniversaries or birthdays, weddings, graduations, family reunions. And so Disney thought this would be an excellent place, their parks, for individuals or groups to celebrate while they're vacationing. Nice. Yeah. yeah makes sense. Right? I mean, it's always been a, you know, kind of thought of that way anyhow, yeah. but why not tap in on that concept? You know, in, in a press release, 
Disney said, we see our parks as the ideal setting for personal celebration. With all there is to do in Disney parks, guests can tailor their celebration with favorite attractions, favorite characters, and special experiences. Maybe they'll have a princess day with oh. themed meals, shows, attractions. Now uh, we're talking. I know. <laughs> and perfectly princess mer- merchandise. I know that's got you written that all over. definitely me. Yes. Yeah. Or maybe they might want to turn to D- Walt Disney World wild with trail riding, bass fishing, and parasailing, no, parasailing which they had at that time. Princess Day. I no. know. I know. Remember that. Princess Day. So... At that time, to promote this campaign, they had a commercial, and it was one of their infamous tug-at-your-heart kind of commercials. It had folks, you know, celebrating birthday parties at home, graduation parties, little leaguers cheering because they won a big game, a bride and groom entering a limo and kissing, you know, very special moments in people's life. And they concluded this commercial with a very special announcement. So let's listen to that now. When you think about it, there's so much in life worth celebrating. From the smallest moments to the biggest milestones to beginning January, joining us at one of our parks on your birthday, absolutely free. Register your birthday now at DisneyParks.com. What will you celebrate at the place where dreams come true? So, yep, in 2009, you could register to get a free day at the park on your actual birthday. Wow. And I think we took advantage of that, too. I think we went to Disneyland on my birthday Ah. for free. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. At least I got free. Yeah. I don't know if you got free. Well, they did have an offer that if you were an annual pass holder or had uh, vacations with multi-day passes, that they would provide you some other alternative. Yeah. We didn't have an annual pass at that point. So that was even extra special for us to go. Yeah. Exactly. As you can see, the company had a lot of campaigns and celebrations during that decade. So now... Let's look at what other seeds were being planted for the company's growth. Okay, I like it. Yeah, let's talk acquisitions. Um, Now, again, to keep this episode within a reasonable amount of time, I'm not going into all the acquisitions during that decade, uh, not to mention the agreements and deals they made with companies especially as it related to technologies. Um, But let's look at some of the big acquisitions that had pretty substantial content developers. Okay. And this, I'm going to go in chronological order here. The first one I was going to talk about was Muppet Properties. Ah, yes. Yeah, in 2004, uh, hey, long live the Muppets, and we can all agree this was a great thing. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, Disney kind of, this has struggled a little bit for many years to know what to kind of do with the Muppets, but I think through some trial and error, they've been, uh, they've kind of are on the right path now. We're starting to see them, right. you know, do better on Disney Plus and on television and starting to see them, you know, be incorporated more in the parks, yeah. which is, is a good thing as well. For right. Sure. Yeah. They've definitely had some good hits, you know, or, you know, when you talk about hits or misses, right. you know, I, like, I think they're on the right trail with the Muppets, right. which is good. Right. Now, not 
this next fun fact is not necessarily related to an acquisition, um, but more of a move that propelled the company for future offerings. And that is that Disney became the first company to license TV episodes, like that things from like ABC and mm-hmm. Disney Channel, on iTunes Music in 2005. Wow. That's yeah. that's right at the beginning of it too. So right. That's, that, that's of the like what was it? The, what was it? it? Was the video iPod? I think it was the first thing. Oh that yeah, had I it think, before right. the iPhone. Right. Um, could really do anything. There was like a video iPod that you could watch. Right. On. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, now, High School Musical was the first full-length movie to be sold via digital download on Apple's iTunes Music wow, Store. And now, virtually everything you get is digital. <laughs> I if you're know. Not streaming it. You're loading it watching right. it digitally yeah exactly so yeah as you can see they were you know not only just trying to position themselves into the future but they were also making themselves more attractive to another audience another generation yeah very cool yeah now one of the more unique acquisitions happened in 2006 from a very unlikely let's say bargaining chip Anything you want to say about that? Or do you know what I'm talking about? Does that happen to do with um, maybe a lucky rabbit? Yes. Ah, yes, that was a big deal for the Walt Disney Company. Yeah, why don't you tell us about that one? Um, Well, yeah, well, okay. So um, back at that time, uh, Al Michaels was working for... ABC on Monday Night Football. Mm-hmm. Uh, at that same time, NBC and Universal had uh, recently acquired the rights to broadcast Sunday Night Football, and they wanted to make that the big spectacle game. Right. And the biggest announcer at the time was Al Michaels. You can argue whether he still is, but he definitely right. was during that time. I think they had already hired John Men. I think that was his partner at the time away from Monday Night Football. And they wanted to complete the set and bring him over, but he was under contract with ABC. So when they approached Disney about bringing Al Michaels over, you know, and, and buying out his contract, they asked them, what do you want? Now, I think there were some other things involved, but the big acquisition for the Walt Disney Company that made this thing happen was getting back Oswald, the, the lucky rabbit, back yeah. in the Disney company after it had been kind of taken away from Walt way back at the beginning, right. before Mickey Mouse even. Uh, so it was just kind of cool to just get him back in the fold. Yeah, I, I just think that was such a, a sweet way to address that that mm-hmm. that uh, deal that was being done and you know really honor Walt mm-hmm. you know that they brought something that you know he created he was proud of he was super sad to lose uh, now obviously in the long run things worked out because we got Mickey Mouse and and all that happened after that but it still was great that the company took this opportunity to really pay homage to Walt and get his lucky rabbit. Yeah. I would love to know who the person was. I mean, maybe it's written somewhere, but who was the person that thought, Hey, it's universal, right? They own Oswald. Let's get Oswald back because it's not like all universal was doing anything with them. And it's not like, I think it was a character that was thought of for many, many years, but you know, to, to, for someone to be, 
bright enough to think, look, you know, Walt would love this to have right. this back. You, yeah. know, you know, many, many years after his passing, um, I think is, is, is pretty special. Totally. So, yeah. Very cool. Well, thank you, honey. Next up in that same year, actually, was the acquisition of Pixar. Mm. Now, you may recall we've, in a, a prior episode, we talked about some real drama and controversy surrounding this acquisition, you know, and one of the core individuals at this was their Pixar chairman, Steve Jobs. Um, but again, you want to keep this positive, um, you know, but one of the things that is known is that Jobs wanted to be in this playground with Disney with a different CEO other than Michael Eisner before making the deal. So um, that ended up happening so that it was actually able to be completed. Yeah, and, and Pixar had been working with Disney for years prior to that, but it wasn't, Disney didn't own them. It right. was it was a working arrangement, a distribution right. Dis- right. arrangement. Yeah. Um, and they were ready to split off it. You know, it was looking like Pixar was going to go do their own thing right. or go attach themselves to another company um, until they made this deal to yeah. bring Pixar completely under the Disney umbrella. Exactly. So now, as we know, there are a lot of great things that happened as a part of that acquisition. You know, it, it helped the company, the Disney company, gain new content and new technologies right. as well. Um, but let's not forget some really great leaders came with that acquisition, you know, one of which is still there today that is adored and so significant. And that was Pete Doctor. Yeah. Running Pixar as we speak. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, all right. The next big thing uh, that Disney did to position itself more solidly with what is now the world of streaming um, was that they became an equity holder of Hulu. At the time, Disney acquired about a third of the company. Um, and right now, Disney is actually the majority holder of Hulu. And there has been some recent things in the news and through interviews that there's there's still some questions about what the future will hold with Disney and Hulu. But the main emphasis here is realizing how Disney positioned themselves to stay ahead of the competition and make these offerings of content through the streaming networks available like nobody else had done before. Yeah. I mean, people forget, I mean, you're so, it's so easy now to think about all the different streaming avenues you have, including obviously Disney plus, but this was something that was happening many, many, many years before that, uh, giving Disney the availability to put some of their shows out there for people to be able to watch in a different way. Right. And that's, that was, you know, ahead of their time in yeah. many regards. I mean, if you think about the, 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 also the library that Hulu had to them, yes, it had, you know, the shows on like ABC so that people now could watch other um, seasons of a show and, and things like that, but also have a lot of the Disney content through their films and things appear on Hulu as yeah. well. Very cool. Yeah. Forward thinking. Forward thinking. Yes. Now, the last acquisition uh, that I'm going to talk about, and mainly my favorite, I have to say, uh, became official on New Year's Eve at the end of the decade. So the last day of this decade that we're talking about, 2009, was when Disney completed this acquisition. Any guesses? Would it be Marvel? 
Exactly. Marvel Entertainment acquisition happened then. And wow, what a great addition for the company for so many reasons. Yeah. And again, forward thinking here, you know, um, prior to, I mean, it's hard to believe now when you think of it, but, you know, back in the day when Disney purchased Marvel, you know, a good portion of Marvel, Mm -hmm. you didn't, I mean, they weren't, Yes, they were great within the comic book world itself. Mm-hmm. But as far as cinematic value, I right. mean, everything was, you know, DC was kind of head and shoulders above everything. Right. They had Superman, they had Batman, they had Wonder Woman. Right. They were kind of the most popular, you know, on the big screen and on the small screen at that point, you know. And meanwhile, Marvel had, uh, I mean, they had Spider-Man, but actually Disney still to this point doesn't own Spider-Man. Right. just kind of a working arrangement right. for Sony. Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you think of some, most of the other superheroes, they were kind of a little more fringe. I mean, yes, you probably you knew Captain America. Mm-hmm. You probably knew Thor a little bit, maybe Iron Man. But, I mean, they weren't the big, big names. But, you know, Disney and and Marvel and Kevin Feige did such a fantastic job of telling stories and letting us know these characters and building them up that now it's completely flipped in my in my opinion. I mean, yes, DC still puts out some decent movies here and mm-hmm. there, but I mean, to me, yeah, even with something, you know, there's been some maybe a little bit of disjointedness going on right now still marvel is where it's at as right. far as superheroes yeah in, in in my opinion oh agreed agreed you know and you know just from my personal experience i really had very little if any knowledge of the characters that were featured in marvel um but now as we speak going to Avengers campus is one of my favorite things to do. You know, it just, it really is something, something that Disney acquired that, you know, like we said, gave them much more expansion with films and, and streaming gave new characters, you mm-hmm. know, to, to, and, and as we said, with the Pixar, um, acquisition, it, it gave them great leadership as they kept Kevin in his role. Mm-hmm as well so um you know and now they have like marvel day at sea on the cruises and just a lot of great wonderful things from you know you know we always think of disney being such a solid company with great characters and great storytelling and and they acquired a comparable company to to bring into their fold so and really ahead of what you know we knew i mean it's one thing to buy into marvel you know, around Avengers Endgame or right. even the original Avengers movie, but that was still yet to come. I mean, they were kind of on that path when they purchased right. them, yeah. but they, it, you know, you didn't really know where they were going or if bringing all these superheroes together was going to succeed. Right. But boy, did it. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. It's been amazing. Amazing ride. Mm-hmm. Well, that really concludes the information that I wanted to talk about at the look back at the new millennium, the first decade of the new millennium with the Disney company and uh, hope that it was enjoyable. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> it was great. This is one of my favorite ones so far. And again, I, I knew it all along. <laughs> Shell hemming and hawing all week. I'm like, it's going to be a great episode. You heard it. It's great. Uh, Ooh, so much information sweet. that I didn't know, but exploration into interesting stuff, nostalgia, um, fun facts. Always great. Michelle always does the best research. Well, thank you. I just don't want it to be like a history lesson with the expected no, quiz at the it end. It always brings things to mind, even if you knew some of these things that you just maybe have forgotten. And right. again, nostalgia brings it all back to, yeah. to your heart and to your brain. And it's just all fantastic. Oh, good. good job, Michelle, well, as always. You. So we just have a couple more months to go till we actually get to the official date of the right. Disney 100 celebration. So that means we have a couple more episodes of this Disney at 100 series to go. What are we going to be talking about on our next version of this? Well, as we stand today, of course, you know, there may be like 16 or 20 changes Which will mean it'll be great. Yes. <laughs> no. Um, is to continue on with the next uh, decade that follows, so the, the decade of 2010, starting 2010, um, there happened to be another acquisition that I thought really needed to be mentioned. So, Is that an acquisition from somewhere like a galaxy remember. far, far away? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> awesome. Can't wait to hear all about that. That was great, Michelle. Great job again. Oh, Thank you. Good job. And that is our look at Disney at 100, Disney in the 2000s. Thanks again, Michelle. Always. I love this Disney at 100 series. <laughs> I always learn interesting stuff. Man, the 2000s were what a what a fascinating time for the Walt Disney Company. Yeah, it was hard to edit it. And I don't know that I edited it quite enough, um, as you heard, <laughs> going on and on. But um, yeah, it was an interesting time. Yeah. And of course, Michelle shared it in a very interesting way, as she always does her research. I don't know, but always top notch. Again, I always <laughs> learn something every single time we do one of these deep dives um, from Michelle. Well, thank so. you. Thank you. Now, before we get to the Disney stories of the week, I want to talk a little bit about our great friend, Nate, with Main Street and more travel. Because let's face it, we all have trips we're thinking about taking in the very near future. Well, if you do, whether it be to Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Cruise, or anywhere in the world beyond, let me tell you, Nate is the certified Disney vacation planner that you are going to want to get in contact with. Oh my gosh, for sure. You know, as we, you know, mention all the time, he really has firsthand knowledge of things so he can really help you plan customize a, a trip that is going to be the best for you answer your questions it's really concierge level planning that doesn't cost you anything high end it is high end stuff that he will help you out with answer all your questions he is there for you to make sure your trip wherever it may be be the best it possibly can be and as michelle mentioned no extra cost to you that's because either disney or whatever other travel branch that he works through pays him for you. Your, what you end up paying 
is exactly what you pay. If you did all that work yourself, only you can save that time and just relax and enjoy and let him set it all up for you. Right. And you know what? He may even be able to save you some money from you doing it alone because he is on top of all the deals and steals that are out there. Yeah. There's never a guarantee. But let me tell you, if there's a discount out there, Nate will find it for you. So what you got to do is go to distripsandmore.com, fill out the form there and just contact him, talk to him, tell him what you want to do and let him get to work for you. Right. So as Tom mentioned, once you fill out that form, Nate will be back in touch with you to start that planning, but be sure to tell him that Tom and Michelle sent you. Yeah. Again, that's Nate with Main Street and more travel. Now on to the Disney stories of the week. It was kind of a quiet week this week. Not a lot out there. I mean, there was the news or at least the picture of what I think it was the concept art of what the Disney treasure, the aft is going to look like with uh, Captain Hook and, and Peter, Peter Pan, Pan right. on the back. I think that was kind of cool. Yeah, we shared know. that on our Facebook yeah. group. Yeah. I don't know if that was a real story, but I found it fascinating. I thought it looked great. I, I like, I love the stuff they do with all the Disney Cruise Line ships on the right. back. Every single one of them um, is is a piece of art. And right. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. And and with the storytelling. And I love the, the this one that, the you know, all the theming, even though like that one was Peter Pan and in the, the main... Um, atrium they're going to have more of like with aladdin mm-hmm. and jasmine but the the overall arching theme of adventure right i love that especially on a cruise ship on a disney cruise ship so that's exciting to me yeah i'm excited to see what ha- what comes with a disney treasure um see what lessons they learn from the disney wish right um, what they improve on it and um i i'm excited like you said for the adventure mm-hmm. aspect of disney treasure that's really really cool very yeah. very interesting on to the Disney stories, we found out some of the ways you'll be able to celebrate 100 years of the Walt Disney Company at Epcot this year. This from the Disney Parks blog. They said the celebration of the Walt Disney Company's 100th anniversary is underway and will begin to ramp up at the Walt Disney World Resort beginning in late September. So mark your calendars for that. As you may have heard, Epcot will be the center of the Disney 100 celebration at Walt Disney World, marking not only a century of magic and innovation, but also ushering in the future as the multi-year transformation of the park wraps up. Thank goodness, finally. It seems like it's been, <laughs> those walls have been up for so long. I know. They have been up for so long. It seems like they have been. And I guess now the anticipation is really building. Yeah, it's gonna, it's coming. It's coming pretty soon. Epcot is going to be back to its... Former glory, not Be- that beautiful self. Yeah, yes. there's all sorts of still great things there, even with the walls up. But it's going to be nice to have right. that down and and find out what new things are going to be there. Yeah. So the story goes on. What's in store for this limited time celebration? Well, here's what you'll find starting September 22nd and running through December 31st. You'll be able to snap a photo with a new platinum Mickey Mouse sculpture in World Celebration with Spaceship Earth in the background. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. That's, uh, you know, going to be a, a great place to get a selfie or maybe right. they'll have some photographers on site. I'm there, sure they but, will. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love the, I love their emphasis now with photo ops and different things, whether it's like you're saying with selfie locations um, or with the uh, photo pass yeah. cast members. It's really, really stepping it up quite a bit. And I know for the, you know, Walt Disney World's 50th anniversary, some people love the statues. Some people were like, oh, we just got statues. What big deal? You know, I love the statues. I'm right. more than, I'm in the statue. I'm in the pro statue <laughs> corner here. 
Um, I'd love the platinum statue for the Disney 100. Yeah. It's going to be kind of cool, yeah, too. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah. Also, Disney PhotoPass for photographers will be available with the dazzling Disney 100 magic shots. And PhotoPass offerings currently available across the Walt Disney World Resort. So know that going in. Yeah. Some of this is already in effect. Right. Um, but you, once we get to Epcot and that is fully in, yes. you know, in the flow there, it's going to be uh, very cool. Uh, speaking of photos, you'll be able to meet, hug, and snap a photo with Mickey and Minnie Mouse in their platinum best at the Imagination Pavilion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mickey and Minnie won't be the only ones sparkling in honor of the celebration. Spaceship Earth will light up each night with special colors and lights accompanied by the Disney 100 anthem, which is a unique rendition of When You Wish Upon a Star. Yeah. Looking forward to seeing that in the evenings for sure. We've loved the ones that came out with the 50th anniversary. How spectacular um spaceship earth looked in the evening mm-hmm. so looking forward to yeah. some new new things happening. that was there. definitely a 50th anniversary upgrade that yes. i'm so glad it stuck around and mm-hmm. it's been phenomenal so far for sure for sure maybe the best one of all the yes. 50th anniversary upgrades uh moving on with the story you'll want to be sure to check out the all-new mural at the heart of world celebration to see how many of the 100 disney characters you can find in the incredible scene This expansive mural located along the walkway to World Showcase will feature some of your favorite characters hidden throughout the various neighborhoods of Epcot. And so that's kind of cool. You'll be able to kind of just take a look and see if you can pick out how many characters you can find. Right, right. Yeah, I think that'll be like a fun little scavenger hunt. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that, seeing if we can get all 100 nailed on that mural. (laughs) That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. Uh, The rest of World Celebration will also be decked out in Disney 100 Platinum banners and decor. Also, you'll be able to sip and savor the taste of the Disney 100 Celebration with limited time food and beverage locations during both the Epcot International Food and Wine Festival and the Epcot International Festival of the Holidays. Nice. More food. Yes. Always good. Always good. And you won't want to miss out on the purple metallic Mickey Balloon premium popcorn bucket. There's always <laughs> a popcorn bucket available only at Epcot during the Disney at, uh, the Disney 100 uh, celebration. Yeah. So sounds like tons of fun stuff to come up. And they tease that there's more to come too, I'm more sure. announcements to come, including some of that food. So um, we'll be keeping an eye out and we'll let you know if we see... What else is going to be happening yeah. out there at Epcot to celebrate the 100 years of the Walt Disney Company? Looking forward to all these things. For sure. For sure. So that's it for the Disney stories of the week. However, we never leave you without giving you some sort of tip that might help you on your next vacation. And when we do this, we always start with Michelle because she's wonderful, awesome, gorgeous, <laughs> fantastic, magical. Yeah. <laughs> she does the best research. She has the best list. But one thing is for sure. She definitely has the very best tip. So, Michelle, what is your tip of the week? Wow, you're so, so sweet. Um, so my tip was inspired by the fact that July is um, National Disabilities Pride Month. Um, and there's a lot of great things that are on Disney Plus and Disney Channel that, you know, incorporate characters um, that have have disabilities. And, you know, it's great how the the company has incorporated their stories as well and so kind of with that I, I went with kind of a, a simple tip but if you're using their disability their DOS program at, at their um, either of their parks and you're finding some troubles with it uh, 
guest services is the easiest place to go. You don't have to go all the way to the front to like city hall or anything like that. You know, all you have to do is, is find those, um, those cast members that are with guest relations under the blue umbrellas. Uh, they're, they're scattered yeah, they're throughout the, experience, the Aren't they like the experience? Like guest experience. Guest experience mm-hmm. so, yeah. yeah. Um, and you can um, find them throughout the, the park and they can help you with, with issues that you're having. We've had a couple times where we've had to stop and they've actually um, not only helped resolve some of the technology issues that were going on, but ended up giving us once like a free extra past don't tell i know no it's pixie dust yeah yeah but anyways um i I think they've made it a lot easier than when you used to have to go all the way to the front to try to get something yeah i'm waiting the line of guest services everything yeah that has been a good addition uh, to the parks and those guest experience uh um, cast members right for right sure. and you might not realize that they're able to help you with that right and well. they, they can help with a ton of things it's sure. not just that they help with a lot of things if right. you're having any issues with genie plus or whatever right. go find them they're the people you want to talk to exactly. to kind of help get that all straightened out for right. sure so right. um definitely definitely good but very good michelle's tip always <laughs> the best tip <laughs> Uh, my tip for this week, well, you know, if you know anything about us, you know, we like to travel to the Disney Resort. Sometimes we like to curb maybe our food budget by bringing our own food. And sometimes we even bring a little bit of that into the parks. And a lot of times to do that, we bring chill packs along with us to keep things cool in the car. It's like 180 out here in Florida <laughs> know, this week. crazy. Uh, so you definitely need like 100 chill packs to go with you <laughs> when you're taking your food anywhere, especially in the parks. But even right. from, you know, here on the Space Coast out to uh, the Walt Disney World Resort itself. So we bring a lot of chill packs. Now, here's the issue when you get into a Walt Disney World Resort room. If you don't have one with a full fridge, a lot of times they don't have a little freezer section within those little fridges to refreeze those chill packs. So you could have chill packs that aren't so chilly anymore uh, pretty quickly. Well, there's an easy fix for this. If you want to keep those chill packs frozen, all you got to do is go down to Bell Services, bring your chill packs with them, check them in with Bell Services. They'll put them in their freezer. Mm -hmm. You can put them in there overnight at night Pick them up the next morning. They'll be frozen good, ready for you to use whenever, whatever you need them for. Or if you need them just there for the whole trip and then when you're leaving uh, at the end of your vacation with any leftovers that you might have with you, right. you can pick them up there. So it's just an, a way that you can actually have those chill packs ready to go for you. It's an easy way. Yes, you'll have to, you know, well, you don't have to, but it's courteous to give them a little tip, tip for right. storing them for you. But it's it's an easy thing and it's a great way to keep your food and leftovers cool. Right. You know, and like you said, we've done it um, not only with just food items, but, you know, like sometimes you might pick up something, you know, let's say like wine or mm-hmm. something like that and you're traveling home and, you know. You checked out. You yeah. don't want to put it in your car. Right, or... right. You know, but um, this way you can have the chill packs to keep it at least from, you know, getting way overheated right and also maybe the for you know if you want to use the fridges there for medication or whatever i think michelle's had this as a tip before you can actually um if you have medication that needs to be kept chilled you can take those to the first aid stations within the parks and they'll keep them cold for you there just so you know if you're if you ever need that circumstance right right yeah just important ways to keep things cool when it's as hot as it is recently oh yeah for sure for sure it's been cooking no it's a great tip 
That's it for this week's show. Next week, well, I'm not sure what we're doing next week. Oh, really? I have a thought of what we might do next week, and it involves music, but I haven't run it by Michelle yet, so... (laughs) I guess we'll... TBD. Yeah. To be determined. Um, But I have a great idea that I think that Michelle's going to like, and I think you're really going to like it, and maybe it'll get out in the newsletter this week. Maybe we'll talk about it on social media. The newsletter folks will be the first ones to If we uh, come to an agreement on what the topic will be. Oh, interesting. I thought there was something, but now I remember now we kind of had to swap for some other guests that we were going to have. Yep, exactly. But I have an idea. All right. I think it's going to be a good one. I think you're really going to like it. You and you, the listener. (laughs) As for today's show, we appreciate that you join us today. In the future, you can find us most everywhere you get podcasts. However, the very best place to find us is on our own website, HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com. Also, we are on social media. We're on Twitter at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, and threads at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. If you are on Facebook, come on over and join us for some good, positive Disney energy fun on our Hyperion Adventures Facebook group. Also, we're on YouTube. You can find us there at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. And if you ever want to contact us for any reason, please hit us up at our Gmail account, Hyperion Adventures Podcast at gmail.com. And as we always say, we really appreciate any support that you can provide this podcast, such as just telling a friend or family member to listen. Yeah, that's just the best way to just, you don't need to tell them, you better listen. (laughs) Okay, if you want to tell them, you better listen. No, just say, I think you might like this show. It's kind of fun. It's positive. It's It's good. It's energy. Uh, Yeah, that's the best way to get people to know about this show, that it exists and help spread the positivity throughout the Disney community. Exactly. And thank you for listening to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures podcast. We look forward to sharing some time with you again next week. Until that time, I'm Tom. I'm Michelle. And we hope that you have a magical week. Bye.